All right, y'all. For the next four weeks, we are going to be talking about sex in lots of different ways with different guests from different angles. Everything in these interviews is Christ-centered because, spoiler alert, God created sex. But some of it may not necessarily be appropriate for young children, unless you're ready to field those questions. Some of the things we talk about are uncomfortable, of course, but all of my guests did such an incredible job of sharing honestly and openly and vulnerably, and I am so proud and so honored and so excited to step into this space and talk about it through a Christian lens, which... I don't think it's done enough. So I'm so pumped to bring you the Let's Talk About Sex series from Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all. Welcome to part one of Let's Talk About Sex. We all ready for this? Today's guest is Lexi Bozarth, wife, mom, and fellow Enneagram 8. Lexi and I dive headfirst into our very first conversation about sex, and we talk about all things sex before marriage, married sex, and even being the sexual aggressor in your marriage. It's a really great conversation that I think is going to bring a lot of solidarity. Lexi, hey, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I am pumped about this. Oh my gosh. Okay, so full disclosure, we've been talking for like 10 minutes already, and we are like raring and ready to go. I feel like we need to tell people that you right now have two Enneagram 8 wing 7s about to talk about sex. Yep. I mean, it's about to get real up in here, and it's going to be so good. (laughs) It's going to be so real. It's going to be so real. So... What we did was I kind of pulled my Instagram audience, which I have not done for a interview yet, but I really liked it because it was like, what do you want to talk about when it comes to like intimacy? And so one of the really common kind of over and over things I got was that transition from like not being married to being married. And what I love is that you and I have very different stories of that transition. And so the way we're going to start is we're going to kind of both tell our stories of like before we were married, that transition into being married and the effect that our history had on our marriage. And then we're just going to kind of see where it goes from there. Perfect. So you go, you go first. Not okay. it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I grew up in the church, but as anyone who grows up in the church, we all fall into sin. Um, and at 14, I was dating, I was a freshman dating a senior and one thing led to another, ended up sleeping with him. And, um, that's just part of my story. And unfortunately, um, I did not wait for marriage and I so badly wanted to, um, but there was just pressures, social pressures and dating an older guy who had already had experience and blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of it um, now looking back is a whole self-worth thing that we could go into another time. But, um, and that's why I'm so passionate about women knowing their worth, because I think I put so much emphasis on my worth in guys. Mm-hmm. And I actually did not like girls. I said, um, I had some girlfriends and and I had some great girlfriends, but for the majority of the time, I would just say, yeah, I'd rather hang out with guys than girls because guys are just so much easier. And that was the enemy Mm -hmm. planting seeds at a really young age, because what happens for a lot of girls that 
put their emphasis or relationships um, or their identity in the hands of young men is uh, tapping into that sexual intimacy earlier than it's supposed to happen. And so that was my story. And it's really tough, but um, God has redeemed it all. And at 19, I was, uh, I'm from Florida, so that's a little background on me. And I was modeling swimwear for um, a pretty large company. And I just heard God ask me while I was simultaneously working for my church, which was kind of interesting, right? But I was modeling swimwear. And I just heard God ask me, Lexi, are you going to model swimwear when you're a wife? And everything changed that day because obviously the answer was no for me. Um, that was a personal decision. And I just started seeing myself the way God saw me. I would mm. put these tiny little sundresses on or tiny little booty shorts. And all of the sudden I was seeing what he saw in me and it was unbelievable. And I started dressing more modestly and I started seeing um, some, a person of worth and a person of value. And it was just so incredible the the heart change that was happening. And it wasn't legalistic. No one told me, girl, you need to put longer shorts on. Um, my church was super gracious. I had friends and mentors that were super gracious with me and let me be the wild me. Um, but it was really God that, that started changing that in my heart. And so Fast forward um, a couple of years, I moved to Chattanooga, only knowing one person, and I was post-college and just kind of feeling like this freshness. And um, I met my husband a year after moving here, and seven months after we met, we were married. And so our relationship obviously progressed really quickly, um, and he is an incredible, incredible man of God. And we got married and it was one of those things where all of a sudden uh, you go from being a, in a Christian relationship, trying to glorify God with your relationship. And then all of a sudden, bam, you're supposed to be the sexual being and it's supposed to be glorifying to God. The very thing that my whole past was um, built, the guilt was built mm -hmm. on now was supposed to be flipped on its head to now be something that is holy and pleasing to God. And I just couldn't get there. <laughs> this is very confusing. Oh, it's so confusing. And I think that we're not talking about it enough. And so um, a couple yes, months we are. in. Now we yeah, are. We're, here we are. Um, <laughs> but a couple months in, we had some tough conversations about my past and how that was affecting um, maybe the way that I was looking and viewing sex. And my husband is so gracious and he's walked through this with me. And um, I just had a lack of um, drive really from the start. And so many people, a lot of questions are coming in that, um, well, what happens after kids? Well, just you wait. But it, it, even before kids, it was tough for me. Um, and so we had conversations and then we got pregnant pretty early after we um, got married about eight months later. And so surprisingly, when I was in my second trimester, I we had the most sex that we've ever had, mm -hmm. to be honest, because something in my hormones, and I think that maybe because I was carrying a boy and I had testosterone in me, I don't know the scientific <laughs> facts, so don't quote me on that. Yeah. But um, that was when it was the best, the healthiest. And then obviously when you have a baby and there's a baby that comes out of there, then all right. of a sudden everything is different. I, I had stitches and I had some um, postpartum funkiness down there that I was just not ready to for all of it to be exposed in the way that it used to be. And, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't want thing people and not people, my husband close to that area 
I just kind of had a caution tape across it and be like, okay, we'll do this, but it's not going to, I'm not ready for it to be all that exciting yet. And, um, and fast forward to about a month ago, which is when we kind of planned this talk was there was a, um, a conversation that I was in tears for a couple of hours and I I'm not a crier. I don't know about you, but as an eight, I'm just not a crier. And I don't know if that's a thing with eights or if it's just me. (laughs) I'm just freaking strong. Like I, my, my, my strength come or my frustration comes out in anger, not crying. A hundred percent. I always say anger is my primary emotion. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) you get me. Um, so fast forward to about a month ago and the conversation had come up again, the conversation we had a couple months into marriage. And I thought because the frequency was fine, that he was fine. And the reality was, um, that he wanted to connect. He didn't just want to be physical. Mm -hmm. He wanted to have a connection with me. And I am so thankful that I'm married to a man who loves me enough to want it to be a two-way street. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful for that, but I knew this means more heart work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And so we are freshly in this season of, okay, what does this look like to be all in together? And how do we make this um, how do we make this work? Because we, we said, Hey, let's rate our sex life on a scale of one to 10. And we said like a three, four, which is just not okay. And it's not based on frequency. It's not based on, um, for us, like we both are physically in shape. So people would maybe assume that because we're physically in shape and we feel confident in our skin that we'd be having crazy sex, like rumor or fraud, like whatever, that's not true. Yeah. Like we, we are both confident in our body and, and it's, um, it's just been an uphill battle. And, um, I just want to be one of those people that as a Christian woman, I think that as I've started, uh, allowing people into this part of our story and our marriage, um, just asking for prayer, asking for advice. Uh, usually I'm not one to go for people for help, probably Mm -hmm. like you and Mm -hmm. eight, we're just strong (laughs) and we know all the answers. So why do we need to go to somebody else? Um, but this I'm, I'm kind of like on my knees, like I need God. I need my community. I need the Bible. I need my husband. I need, I need all the things, all the resources, and I'm just kind of lost. So it's kind of funny that I'm going to be answering questions about sex, but I think that coming from a humble place and coming from a place of like, I don't have this down. I think hopefully it just can be relatable. So anyways, uh, that's a little bit about me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love like, I think another reason that, and you, this is what you and I said before we started talking is that like the church has got to start, start talking about this, especially like Christian women. We have to start talking about this because I would venture to say that like more of us are struggling behind closed doors than aren't but what's difficult about that is finding the healthy place like keeping what's private private keeping what's sacred sacred but like still talking about it it's kind of like that thing where when you get married all of the like older women are like don't ever talk bad about your husband so you never tell anyone when you're struggling and you just struggle alone it's the same thing like don't talk about your sex life like that's private oh well i like i I gotta, I gotta let people into that. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, none of us know what we're doing. You know what I yep. mean? 
And so I think that, like, our plan is to try to, like, just gracefully enter into this area that, like, is is sticky, but also just important for us to talk about. And I think if people have not listened to the bonus episode that came out in March, I talked a lot about my kind of sexual history and, um... But I didn't necessarily go into kind of what that looked like on the other side of marriage. And for me, I am the other side of you, which I love that I even be even though I waited, waited, <laughs> that's air quotes, uh, even though I waited, I was a very sexual person before. And for some reason, I like jumped that hurdle into marriage pretty easily where like my sex drive stayed with me and I like there was a point on our honeymoon where he was like can I I need a break like can I just need a like a breather you know like so I am just like a more sexual being and I've actually connected with a lot of women who have the same story who are like Okay, like we're raised in the church or not, where we're told that men think about sex every 24 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then you marry a man who is has a sex drive for sure, but isn't like tearing your clothes off every single moment that he gets a chance. And you're like, what's wrong with me? Right. There's something wrong with me. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. He doesn't want to have sex with me. And it's just like this whole other like barrage of struggle and lies and like a totally different transition. And that one I feel like is especially not getting talked about the side Mm -hmm. of being the more sexual partner waiting or not and transitioning into marriage. And so One of the questions, a lot of the questions that we got when we kind of polled was, like, those questions of, like, I I have a lack of sex drive or I have more of a sex drive than my husband. How often is often enough? Like, those kinds of more, like, asking for specifics in an area that, like, you and I kind of agreed before that, like, we can't give specifics on. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you talk about that. The, I, the the question of, like, how often is healthy? Okay, so I think that that is totally personal, and I don't think that there's a one-size-fits-all when it comes to sex. And I think that oftentimes we, as women, um, maybe the ones that are lacking in drive a little bit, we think if we turn up the quantity of how often we're doing it, um, that we're going to please our husbands. But honestly, you cannot fake it. Like they know if you're not into it, they Mm -hmm. know, even if you pretend, or even if you're like, okay, let's do it. Um, but you're not into it. They, they feel that we're, we're married to them. They know us. And so, um, we're seen. And that was kind of, um, a shocker for me because I was like, but wait, like we do it often. So why, um, why is that? Why is it an issue? I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're, spring chickens. I don't know. Um, and so I think that it's so much more about quality than it is quantity. And I think that it's about a deeper, um, root, a heart issue, a root issue of like, why, um, 
Why are we even asking that question? Why are we having, and why are we having sex? So like my husband and I have been together for eight years and we just now had the convert, like are, are wrapping our minds around remembering that like God created sex and it's this opportunity to connect on a soul and physical level and like not doing it just to do it, you know? And like, taking that into account and I think to add on to what you're saying like have a conversation yes have that conversation though no I don't think that we need to be have the conversation having the conversation of like how often do you want to have sex babe right do you right. like so we can just like check it off a list I think the conversation that needs to be happening behind closed doors is like what are what are you looking what are you looking to get out of this is totally. it an end result or is it a connection? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really eye-opening conversation because I think you can think you're coming at it. I mean, like me being the woman, you would think that my desire would be for connection. But I think if you're not pursuing that, it's really easy to fall into it being something that you're checking off. You're like, I mean, not to be crass, but like you're getting yours. Mm-hmm. He's getting his and it's done. And we forget that it's something that God literally created for marriage yes. specifically. Totally. And so I think and that that's kind of our answer to how often is that there's a way more important conversation to be had. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that I love so much that my Blake, my husband's name is Blake Mm-mm. and our baby girl um, on the way, her name is Blake Lee. That so, makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. So um, my Blake uh, said to me that, um, he, oh man, I, now that I felt <laughs> pregnancy brain, um, <laughs> he is just so gracious in the way that he talks about this. And, um, he was just sharing that this is something that God loves. He created it and he loves marriage. He created it yeah. and the enemy hates both. He Preach. isn't creative. The enemy isn't creative. Mm-hmm. He's corruptive. Mm-hmm. He's dark. He's deceptive. He comes to steal, kill, destroy. So when we're having issues in this area, it is more than just a um, physical issue. It sometimes is a spiritual issue. Sometimes it's a marriage issue. And I had this amazingly wise woman tell me recently, she said, if you think your marriage is thriving, but you're not connecting in the bedroom, your marriage is not thriving. And I was like, dang, girl. Ouch. the the beauty of that was she's like I'm with you mm-hmm. and I've been with you I've been married for 15 years and I'm still with you and so um part of that was hard a hard pill to swallow cuz it's like is this ever going to get better is mm-hmm. this ever going to um be what God intended for it to be and so I truly just started speaking life over it mm-hmm. I called a couple of my close friends I asked for prayer in small group. I started looking up things on the internet. um, And I just truly am in so much faith saying we are claiming life over our sex life. And so that's where we're at right now. And unfortunately, (laughs) I'm going to be brutally honest, I'm pregnant and pregnancy sometimes creates yeast infection. So here we are. We're like, we're going to do we're gonna this. We're going to do thing. this. And we're Satan's gonna reclaim. like, yeast infection. <laughs> yeah. We're going to reclaim this thing. Uh, and yes. And so I'm struggling with that at the moment. But girl, I am so in this because I love my husband so freaking much. And he loves me so freaking much. And he is worth it. And I'm worth it. And, and as women, I think we have to stop 
telling ourselves that it's okay to not be into it because Mm. I think that there's this marriage switch. And I think it's very real for a lot of women that all of a sudden we got, we got our ring and we just stopped caring uh, Mm. about being, um, sexy, about being, uh, creative and, uh, whatever the spicy, whatever words people want to use. Um, I think that sometimes, for, I don't know what the thing is for men. They, they, maybe they stop being chivalrous or they stop taking us on on dates and they stop, you know, pursuing us in the way that our hearts desire to be wanted. And Mm -hmm. as women, sometimes I think we check out in the sex category. And I think those things kind of go hand in hand. I asked my doctor, I was like, doc, you gotta tell me like I'm pregnant and I have a lack of libido right now. You got to Like, is there some kind of magic, uh, vitamin I can take? And he's like, he looks at Blake and he's like, well, you got to buy her a rose and take her out to dinner. And I was like, that's not medical advice, but, but hey, that's smart. <laughs> there's something there. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. here's another layer to that. That is actually a conversation I had with a friend today, not on the sexual front, but it applies. So. We're married, and we've been married for however long. I'm not saying we. This is the royal Mm. we. (laughs) But we feel like our husband isn't pursuing us. He's not um, being chivalrous. He's not taking us out on dates. And so we are desiring that, which is not a bad thing. It is not a bad thing to desire those things from your husband. They ultimately come from the Lord, but you're the Lord, I fully believe, uses your husband to minister to you in those things. And so you have this, this, I don't want to say emptiness, but this lacking in that area. And so like, you don't feel like stepping up. You don't feel like, like speaking his love language, which more often than not is physical touch, not to generalize men, mm-hmm. but I mean, just be honest. So, like, what if we're the ones that break the cycle? Hmm. Girl, I think you're onto something. And truly. I'm not saying that that's easy, like, by any stretch of the imagination. But, like, what if we break the cycle? Like, yes, we want our husbands to lead. And, yes, we want to give our husbands the space to lead. I know, like, being an eight-wing seven, like, sometimes I have to remember to give my husband space to lead because I'm just... Like, a powerhouse that could just, like, control everything if I wanted to. Yeah. But, like, maybe we break the cycle. Maybe we cozy up to him in, like, the middle of our show and initiate, even if he's been a butthead. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say, like, I don't think that it's, like, rewarding bad behavior. I think it's extending grace. Amen. And breaking the cycle that you are going to stay stuck in. Mm -hmm. Your sex life is going to continue to be lacking. You are going to continue to not feel pursued. Or you could step up and, like, be the one that's like, hey, I love you enough to show you that I love you, even if you don't deserve it. Because my love is does not have conditions. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I am, um, I, if anyone's listening and, and they hear me and they want to slap me in the face, I totally feel you because I want to slap myself in the face too. (laughs) I have an amazing husband, right? So he does, 
Um, and I'm not just saying this as one of those girls that doesn't want to talk crap about my husband. Like I'm, I mean it like this guy is so freaking patient. And if you're married to an eight, you have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he is just so he adores me. He wants to spend time with me. He changes diapers. He does dishes. Like he is just, he's such a man and he is so incredible. And he, I'm so thankful, but he didn't carry all this baggage with him into marriage. And so I am just, I I have the perfect scenario and yet I'm still lacking in this area. So ladies, if you're like me and you have a phenomenal husband and you're not just pissed at him and that's why you don't want to have sex, like I'm with you and it's difficult. It's difficult to look at an almost perfect husband in the eye and be like, I don't know why, like I can't give you answers right now. And so for some people it's because of a sexual history or because their husband has an addiction to pornography or because their husband is just an a-hole or you name it. There's, there's reasons why, um, I think some women fall off the wagon. And although that's not an excuse, I, I could understand. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and for me, unfortunately, I, I'm may not be relatable in this, but I have an amazing husband and I'm still struggling to answer yeah. the, the the question. And so this is like a non-biblical sidebar, but like I think that postnatal care should always include a full blood panel, a full hormonal hmm. blood panel, hmm. because I like I've had more conversations with mom friends recently. So like anybody that listens to the show knows that last summer I had like a full crash and burn, had to have a ton of blood work done, try to figure out what was wrong with me. And my levels were a disaster. My hormonal levels, my thyroid levels, my cortisol levels, like everything was a disaster. And I like, it was the first time in my life that I really didn't have much of a sex drive. So, like, yes, all of those things that we're listing, like, you could, your husband could kind of, like, not, like, I'd hope he's not a total jerk, but, like, he could just be, like, not stepping up in the ways that he should be. Or, like, you could have a sexual history. Or, like, it could be a season. Or, like, you need to go get some blood work done, boo, because your hormones Mm. might be a disaster after popping out three Mm. kids. So, that's Mm. just, like, a non-biblical sidebar that, like, maybe you're, like, Maybe you're deficient in something. Maybe you're out of whack. Like, I know that that sounds like so crazy, but if the if the stars are aligning for like you to have a great sex life, and you're just like, meh, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. Oh, might not hurt. Like, yeah, if if, like one person that's listening is like, maybe I should get blood work done. Then like, I'm good with it. I'm good with this sidebar being (laughs) being purposeful. And and to piggyback off the sidebar, which is an extra side. I used to follow these, I'm not vegan, but I used to follow these vegan guys um, that were all about being raw vegans. And um, they actually changed over to meat eaters because they started having lack of sex drive and they got their blood work done and their testosterone was tanking. And I'm not saying like, if you're a vegan and you're listening, like, please don't send Blake hate like just <laughs> I mean, I'm also an eight, so I can handle it. It's fine. Yeah, there you go. Um, but it's just interesting that maybe yeah. we we're lacking things in our diet, or we need more of something, or less of something. Who knows? I don't. I, we ain't doctors. No, nope. we just we just <laughs> like. I feel like am I gonna have to put a disclaimer on this podcast? Yeah. That, like, we are not right. medical professionals. We're yeah. just trying to help a sister out. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, totally. Because I totally. think like I. I love the idea of just, like, hopefully continuing to have a conversation about this. I would also just challenge people to, like, start having conversations. 
like within a group of people or one woman that is a safe place like talk to her and tell her that you're struggling with like not desiring to be intimate with your husband or that like you're struggling with feeling like your husband doesn't want to be intimate with you like that's okay too I feel like I can keep emphasizing that and I feel like it's like the like like, if sex is the, like, unhad conversation of the church, like, women with really high sex drives is, like, the unhad, unhad conversation. Like, totally. And I, I actually just posted about this not that long ago that, like, I am a naturally just kind of sexual person. And, like, I don't have to feel bad about that. Like, no. I was God-created sex. Just because the world has warped it does Mm -hmm. not mean that god didn't make it in the first place and so i think that we just have to start having these conversations my hope is to continue to like use my platform for that conversation but like let's start having it with each other like Mm -hmm. i think that's a great place to start and i think praying about it claiming life over it and believing it will change because i think that so often we can accept we can be accepting of our trials and we can just leave them at bay and I think that that's where I've been the past couple of years I'm like it's not great and and this is not as an eight like I achieve I Mm -hmm. am definitely a person that wants to see the healthiest most thriving in every area of my life yeah and so I think when I had this conversation with my husband a month ago I was like wait this is not like me. So it's really, it's really bad when I'm not striving for change in an area that I'm struggling in. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, I, as soon as I feel like I've started going down a path of eating bad, I like correct myself. Or as soon as I am drinking two cups of coffee a day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull myself self off caffeine. Like I am just a healthy person. Like if I'm spending too much money, I correct. And so like, this is the one area in my life where I feel like I've just not claimed life over it. Mm -hmm. I haven't spoken life over it. I haven't, um, reached out for help. I haven't prayed and I haven't believed that it would change. I think I've just become complacent and I'm not okay with that. I don't want anything in my life to ever be complacent, especially when God wants to call it holy. Amen. Well, and and you you touched on this earlier that Satan wants nothing more than for us to keep this stuff in the dark. He doesn't oh, totally. want us talking about it. He doesn't want us having honest conversations with our spouses or with our friends. He doesn't want us praying over our sex lives because like he is and I, I can't remember if we said this before we started recording or while we were recording where you were talking about like he can't create. He is not no. creative, but he can no. warp and he can yes. distort. And so if he can do that with your sex life, then he's found an in to your marriage. Totally. And, you know, we're we're going to war for our marriages, hopefully. I had an interview that is going to come out before you that the title is literally for when you go to war. Talking <laughs> about prayer as battle. Okay, let's start doing that over our sex lives, too. Yep. Like God's God is God is not your dad in that sense. <laughs> He's cool with his daughter talking to him about sex. Like let's Absolutely. do it. Like he wants us to welcome him into this area and 
he's gonna be our he is gonna be our best resource far above cosmopolitan or another toy or whatever like god and going to battle with him is gonna be what provides healing in your sex life mm-hmm. so like absolutely bring him in absolutely i think that if you have a prayer journal start praying that in your prayer journal. If you have notes in your phone, whatever it is that's on your prayer list. I think even sometimes we think, oh, what if someone sees this list? Everything else is fine on it. But if my sex life is on it, it feels, it feel, it's a very vulnerable thing. Intimacy is. is so vulnerable. So praying about it, journaling about it, all of that stuff, writing notes in our phones about it, texting a friend about it, I mean, all of these things put us in a very vulnerable state. And so, especially when it involves two people, it's not just me talking about my my story. story. Right. And and I had to, um, before this, I was like, Blake, how do you feel about me talking about sex? He's like, let's do it. And and so I'm so thankful. And we've, we've grown a lot in this area too, because he is a super private person and I'm like a tell it all person (laughs) and we've grown to boundaries I think I never had them and he had all of them and we've just shared them so what um, is Blake he is a three two interesting yeah which is eight and a three oh yeah he's my perfect match yeah it's funny because there's some um three eight relationship stuff that says like they can compete with one another and I think that because Blake truly is so confident in who he is he has zero like insecurity about me being a powerhouse woman. Like he, like my dad said, Lexi's not going to be happy until she's running her own country and like <laughs> tells my husband this. And he's like, yeah, probably. And I'm going to help her get there. And, right. and I'm not, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I just, I, I love that. Um, we can just compliment each other in that way. I and, love and that. That's- part of marriage there was a quote that beth moore's husband we're just like transitioning perfectly into talking about the enneagram but there was a a quote by beth moore's husband where she was he said uh she's the quarterback and i'm her linesman and it's my mm-hmm. job to block and tackle to get her where she's supposed to be i was That's like amazing. Oh, <laughs> i love that so much like I, I i say all the time like i know it's not easy to be married to an eight like and he my husband's a nine. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like goodness gracious, that's difficult. <laughs> it is. And like I, I know mean, that it is. Yeah. But he blocks and tackles for me because so he cool. believes in where I'm headed and where God has me going, you know. So I love having conversations with people about Enneagram combinations because it's always so interesting. Because mm-hmm. we're and the way that you guys interact is so different than the way that I interact with nines, and right, it's like it. There's not a one size fits all when oh, the no. yeah, come. exactly. Um. Okay, so the first question is always, "What's your enneagram type?" Which we have very well covered in our conversation. Uh, the second question is, "What is something that can always pull you out of a funk?" Ooh. Um. Mint chocolate chip ice cream, Ooh, mochi yes. ice cream, uh, ice any cream. kind of sweets, uh, fancy dinner. I'm that's like the one snobby thing about me. I'm pretty chill, 
but take me to a fancy dinner. Like that's, I'm a foodie. Um, and I, I guess I could leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, those are good answers. I love food. you like on the fly. Food is the answer. Yes. Food, food is, is the always answer. the answer. And you're pregnant. So like food is yeah. extra the answer. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is what is the last thing you watched on TV? Modern Family. I am rewatching. Are you rewatching? Are you caught up? All of it. Well, yes. So I've I've watched it pretty much all. And then for a Valentine's Day gift, I got season one on YouTube. And oh. then we, we cast it. It's the 21st century, right? 2019. You don't have to have cable anymore. You just nope. watch old episodes through your phone, through your TV. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's awesome. That's so fun. I love it. Lexi, this was an incredible conversation. Tell people where to find and follow you. Tell them about your podcast. I can't believe we didn't talk about the fact that you have a podcast. I'm such a jerk. Totally fine. Um, I also have a podcast and it's called Passionate and Practical. And you can find me on LexiBozarth.com or at LexiBozarth on Instagram or Passionate and Practical on Instagram and Spotify. Yes. And I will link to all of that in your show notes, which you can always find at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. And then I am going to be on Lexi's podcast. We're literally about to flip over and interview for hers. So make sure that you are subscribed to her podcast uh, so that you can hear all of the great conversations that she's having. Lexi, thank you so much. This was so great. Thank you so much. I am, I'm just so thrilled to know you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.